Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. Great job, you guys. We have we have such a fantastic worship team. It's great to see some uh, some musicians as well. Nice job. I prophesy this time next year be filled with musicians up on this platform and some guys singing. Guys, you know that you can, well, if you can sing, you can sing. It's a manly thing to sing. Come on, let's see. Come on, Jay. Right? So, okay. Listen, God's house is also a house of prayer. And it's effective. Like, God does some amazing things through prayer. Speaking of Jay, praying for his mom, you know, over the last three or four weeks, revealed that she had cancer and things were not looking good. And we gathered together as a church family and prayed. And Jay and his family were praying. And mom went into the doctor for diagnosis. And they said, well, actually, this is stage one. And it's uh, just no impact on your life expectations at all. We're not going to do surgery. And she went back in again this week. They said, well, actually, now it's kind of it's shrinking. And so those are the types of things that we experience as a church family as we pray. And it's never dull. It's always exciting. It never gets old, but it's never a shock because God has given us this vehicle of prayer to shift things on earth to match up with how he intends them to be as he's spoken them in heaven. And so this morning, we're going to take a moment to pray. And out of Acts chapter 13, verses 2 through 3, talks about the, the early church. They were gathered like we are right now, worshiping and fasting. And the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. You know, all of us have a role to play in this house. And we all have different giftings. So for some of you, it's singing, speaking, teaching, leading, interacting, administration. There's all sorts of giftings. But like we all have a, uh, a role to play in the house, we also have a role to play outside of the house. And for Paul and Barnabas, or Saul and Barnabas, God was directing them to go outside of the church, and he was sending them. And he spoke to the leaders of the church, as well as Saul and Barnabas, and the heart there was to go out and reach a new destination for the kingdom of God, to share Jesus with a new group of people. And these two men just didn't come up with this idea on their own and just go, because then they would have just simply went. But the heart of leadership in the church was an agreement, and so these men didn't went. They were actually sent. Let me tell you, if you're going to do something in this world on behalf of the kingdom of God, be sent. It's way different than just going. And these men, they went, and before they did, what I love is the local church, which is central to everything that happens in the New Testament. They prayed and fasted, and they laid their hands on them and sent them off. And so this, this Thursday, we're actually going to be sending a group of 18 people uh, to a little town in Oaxaca, Mexico. And uh, that is down near, uh, down near Panama and all that kind of stuff heading that way. And our church has been involved with some missions down there for a number of years now. Since the start of our church about 10 years ago, we have helped to plant, I don't know, it's probably 15 churches. We have helped to build maybe 10 to 15 buildings and help purchase buildings. We helped to start multiple churches. We have built multiple houses. And that led us at one point to Oaxaca, Mexico, to a little group of people who have a heart for children, 
the name of the, the ministry there is, is Trigo Emiel, Pastor Letty, and, his, uh, and, and um, gosh, Victor and Letty uh, are the leaders of that ministry, but they're also pastors. We helped them to get their church started in Oaxaca after they had a children's ministry up and running. And we have gone for years to help with what they do, which is a super powerful thing. The kids down at the bottom that you see, every year for, for probably six or seven years, we have sent money down in an offering to buy kids in that region an outfit for the school that they run so the kids would have something nice to be able to wear. And you have given so faithfully so many years and we've been able to accomplish that. The family up on the top there is a couple years ago, we went to help and build. Um, these children started out in this program and have become leaders and the mom has become a leader in the program. We actually helped to build a home for this family who after that, the husband has given his life to the Lord the whole family is involved with Trigo, and they continue to expand and impact the, 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 uh, the region there in such a profound way. Some of you sponsor many of these kids throughout the year, and we've been able to go year after year. This year, we are sending 18 of our finest to go and serve, and they're going to make their way up to the platform at this time. If you are coming with Forward Edge, jump up here on the platform. You probably have your shirts on. Come on, you guys. And if you didn't wear your shirt, we're going to heckle you a little bit. But um, we have some, a great team that is going. It looks like just Justin. We're just going to make fun. Justin, stand here right in the middle just so we can make an example of you. Come on, pull in over this way. Are you guys allergic to the platform? I don't think so. Is there, are they giving out candy over there in the corner or something I don't know about? You guys are all over there. We'll get you all right here. Come on down. Come on down on this level so we can see you guys all. So next week when you come... These 18 people will be serving in Oaxaca, Mexico at Trigo Emiel. And they have like some of the best, the, some of the best leaders that you could possibly want to have leading you. Corey and Jenny Mowry, who have been to this place before and know how to lead really well. I appreciate you guys just dedicating your time and your efforts to lead this team. What a fantastic group of people going. And all sorts of, of difference of ages. You've got some of the youngest over on this side, some of you to, well, actually, I'm not going. I would be the oldest. This is the first trip in a decade I haven't gone on. And actually, it's because we have such great leadership that's going to oversee this, and it's going to be fantastic. So we want to do like they did for Paul and Barnabas. We want to pray over this team. We want to pray for, number one, safety. Number two, we want to pray for their impact while they're there that they make a difference and we know that they will. But the third thing we're gonna pray for is that God like opens up their eyes to see things they've never dreamed of how he wants to use them, how he wants to direct their lives, not necessarily to go always to a different country, but how he wants to use them in their lifetime. And so we as a church family, we're gonna pray. And the Bible talked about laying on hands and gathering around them. So that this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna have them come and step down to the, to the front of the stage. And I'm going to ask you just if you're a leader here in the church or you're involved here in the church or you just are in church today, I want you to move out of your seat as they step up to the front. We're going to get around them. We're going to pray over them. And we're going to ask God just to abundantly, abundantly bless them. Is that okay? So make your way quickly and we're going to pray. All right, Pastor Rowena, we, are you able to jump up here with me to help pray? Just jump down there so we can get, get around you guys. All right. Couple of you, couple of you come up, circle up around the backside. Paige, bring a couple people with you, and we're gonna pray this way. You gonna help to pray? It's good. Hey, Chance, why don't a couple of you come up around the backside this way so that we can pray? You guys are gonna have a great time. 
This is going to be amazing. God, I, listen, we've had this happen before on trips. Some of you, this is going to sound crazy. Some of you have issues that you, you're dealing with right now that have, you've been stuck with. Maybe it's a physical issue or it's possibly just like a spiritual battle you've been wrestling with. Believe it or not, your commitment to go, your, your investment in your finances to go, you're going to feel something released the moment you step into that airport and things are going to begin to shift in your world. And that God is going to begin to pour some stuff in because of the sacrifice that you're making. And some of you are excited about the trip, but you don't even, haven't even realized yet God's purposes in this trip. Because in the process, he's got you in a different place, in a different environment, and you're tuned into some different things, and your whole world's about to get rocked. Some of you, um, not that any of our teenagers are this way, they're not like whiny Americans. None of these teenagers are. But you're gonna see some things for the first time that are gonna blow your mind. And your posture is gonna radically shift when you get back because you're gonna watch real close to Trigo, there's actually a recycling plant, and we've watched families digging through empty bottles looking for a swig of water or soda out of these recycled cans and you're going to realize that wow my problems are really not the type of real problems that some other people have in the world now your problems are real but they have a different level of problems and it's going to shift you what it's going to cause you to do is to shift out of this oh i have make-believe problems into you know what i can make a difference in this world and you're going to lean forward and overcome your problems by addressing other people's problems. So we're going to pray for number one, safety, number two, impact, and number three, just God to open up the doors in your world and do a new thing in you, okay? Church, you ready to pray? Out loud? Come on, let's do it. Father, we thank you for this group of people, for our leaders first and foremost, for, for the Maoris, God. We thank you for them, their leadership, their sacrifice. Give them wisdom, give them understanding, knowledge. Father, lead them as they lead the team. Lord, we pray for safety in all things. Safety here on American soil, safety in the airport, safety in flight, safety in landing, safety the entire time while they're traveling in Oaxaca, while they're around the children, while they're in the village, while they're maybe taking some days off and are enjoying some of the, some of the rich history that's in that area. God, we pray that while they're there, not only safety, but impact. God, we pray that you will use from the youngest to the oldest, their words, their acts of service, their smile, to impact families who, who God, you are at work in and want to use these uh, Americans from the Pacific Northwest to make a difference. God, we pray that you will use them to do a great work this week while they're gone. And Father, in the process of serving, in the process, God, of all that they will do, all they will say, all the different ways that they will serve, God, I pray that you will open up their eyes to see how heaven sees them. God, how you dream about them, how you dream about their life, about their future, about how you want to use them in the days to come, in the years to come of their lives. And so, God, we pray a blessing, God, that allows your Holy Spirit to speak truth to them for their lives. And, Lord, when they come back home, let there be an extra, extra shout in their victory, God. We pray for an extra spring in their step, an extra joy for the sacrifice, for the work, for the accomplishment. And Lord, allow this to impact our church for the better. We as a church have sacrificed to see this happen. They as individuals have sacrificed. But Lord, this is all an investment, not only into the kingdom, but into eternity. And so, Father, you said, as we give, we shall receive. Pour it back out and use us. Father, and as we pour out of ourselves, we're asking that you pour back in so that we can reach more, especially here in our very own community. 
here in Southwest Washington. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Give the Lord a big hand. Hug a few necks before you step off and step away. Our worship team's gonna take back over. We're gonna sing this chorus again. We'll move along with our gathering, but congratulations to those of you who are going. It's gonna be awesome. Y'all sit down. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love for us, for you being here this morning, for us being able to step into your presence, God. God, I pray that as we get ready to hear the message, Lord, that you'll just prepare our hearts, God, and that we're able to hear your voice, that, God, we're able to take away from today and be able to step in tomorrow a different and a new person, God a person whose heart is towards you, God, a person whose heart wants to be in align with yours, God. I thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated.
boys and girls, it's time for C3 Kids. So parents, this is your cue to escort your children down the C3 Kids hallway into their classrooms. Everyone else, get ready, because it's time for the one and only C3 Update. We are thrilled to have each and every one of you gathering with us today. For those of you newer to our church family, you can grab one of our Connect cards and discover your next steps here at C3 Church. Be sure to fill it out and turn it into our Connect Center or fill it out electronically and we will follow up to help you get connected. Everyone is invited to join one of the many teams that make our gatherings possible by using the QR code on the screen or by stopping by the Connect Center. Without a doubt, there is a place on one of our teams just for you. Mark your calendar for the second and fourth Tuesdays through the rest of the summer and join us for men's prayer at 5.30 a.m. followed by women's prayer at 10.30. Together, let's believe God for the miraculous. Students, grades 6 through 12, you're invited to jump in with My City students on Wednesdays at 6.30. Join us for games and teaching from our youth leaders. For more information, scan the QR code on your screen. Adults, join us Wednesday through July for a special class entitled Holy Spirit Q&A. Pastor Steve and Rowena will be answering your questions about the Holy Spirit and helping you to lean into a deeper experience with the Holy Spirit. So make plans to attend. C3 Kids families, join us on Tuesday, July 19th at Louisville Regional Park, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. for a morning of fun and laughter, playing in the amazing weather and making memories together. For more information and to register, use the QR code on your screen. Want to get to know some of the incredible people that make up the C3 family? Then plan to attend dinner parties on Sunday, August 7th from 5 to 7 p.m. These are held in leaders' homes in the local area and are for the entire family. For more information and to register, use the QR code on your screen. Well, that's all we have for the C3 update. Consider yourself up to date. Good morning. I get the privilege to give the giving message this morning, and it is an honor to be able to get up here and to give messages. And part of my message today um, is, you know, just about even getting up here. But as I'm here, this is all your options and ways to give. These, um, there's a back box in the back, need to, or there's options online. So for my verses, Galatians 6, 9. It says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at this proper time we will reap a harvest if not if we do not give up. This this hits me in so many areas. I mean, because there's so many ways that we give, right? Not and our finances is is huge because that takes a step of faith in in the physical things, right? But sometimes our words are seeds. So those are that's a way of an action of giving, right? We as we plant seeds into people that we come in contact with, our actions as we get come up here and stand, right? Sometimes when God uses us to break off those things that might hinder us from doing what God has called us to do. There I think for the first time in years that Pastor Steve has been saying, "Hey, I need you to get, give a given message. How about you pray? How about And I'm like, Okay, and I do it, but I, I, I had such a peace. I think for the first time, I did not stress for weeks. It was the first time, but, it, but it's in that endurance, that continuously planting the seed, right? 
that we reap the harvest and we can see the purpose and the calling that God has for us. So as, our, as we give in our tithes and in our offerings, as we give in our church family, as we serve on a team, as we give in our words, as we speak into the people that we come in contact with at work, just the opportunity to be a blessing to people. Sometimes it's weary. We grow weary in that. We grow tired of n not knowing how that's going to impact. We don't always see what our seeds give or what it's meant for. But God continues to show up in areas and continues to bless us with the seeds to plant. And we will receive. So even in that, and that in my biggest thing, I don't know if, how many of you guys participate in... Um, our vision builders, the vision builders, I think we've been doing it for three years, me and Josh, together, and we planted our first vision builder, and we were like, oh, we want to see all these miraculous things in our lives take place, and nothing happened. I mean, little things, but not, not that abundance that we thought. So the next year, we're like, nope, we're going to stretch ourselves. We're going to put more in, and we're going to believe more. And the bigger the seed, the bigger the offering is not the necessity of the thing because in one seed, God produces a multitude of fruit, right? In one tree, it doesn't just produce one fruit. It produces abundance and then more seeds and more seeds. So in that, in doing that, we have been able to see multiple things take place in our life. I mean, between Josh being able to come off the road and come home and be a blessing to so many more people in our church family. And I mean, it's just an impact in many ways. I mean, it, and we don't always see or notice sometimes until we sometimes look back at our fields, right? What we've planted. And this opportunity is just, you know, if I could speak anything, do not, do not grow weary in what God is doing. If anything, you know, pour in and, and just continue to push forward in that. And, and in his word, when we read his word and we continue to apply it over our lives, that speaks abundance to our seeds. That builds our seeds. And so I'm, as we begin to pray, if you guys can stand with me and take whatever resents your giving, even if it's in even our hearts, you know, as we soften or change our hearts or our outlook on how we give. So some, you might have to start with your heart. Change my perspective and how I give. That it's not, that I don't grow weary. So as we do, let's pray over that right now. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to give, Lord. Lord, that we continue to plant seeds into this church. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to be a blessing to our community and our church family, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would multiply our seed. Multiply our words of wisdom to people, Lord, as we speak into the community around us and into our work and into our family, Lord. Lord, that we would see your good harvest come from that, Lord. And we just thank you for what you are doing, Lord, in our tithe and our offering and our finances, Lord, but abundantly, Lord, in this community. And we just thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. today and I'm excited about being able to share uh, through in his word with you today um, so what I want to do before I get started I just want to give a shout out to our logistics and security team they are like ninjas <laughs> they are keeping us safe every Sunday every Wednesday every event they work hard at keeping the temperature nice and cool in here so you stay alert and awake but thank you. <laughs> there is, you know, there's always strategy. You always want, why is it so cold? Well, 
We don't want you to get too comfy. <laughs> but uh, it is, thank you for serving your house. We couldn't do this without you. Um, and we've been start, we have started a new series, Jesus People. Last week was our first introduction to this. And we taught, we were introduced to the newlyweds, right? And uh, my takeaway from that was that Jesus is, cares about the small things. Why? Because they're important to you. And you are important to him. So, you know, that was my takeaway. And, you know, looking at Jesus' people, I, uh, you know, as I was reading through scripture some time back, there is a uh, portion of scripture here where Jesus interacts with a woman who doesn't have a name. We just know what town she is from. And I hope that maybe I introduce you to somebody new that maybe you don't, you've never heard of before. And I'm going to take the scriptures from Luke chapter 7, verse 11. And it starts like this. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain. And his disciples and their large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow, and a large crowd from the town was with her. So the title of my message, just kind of obvious there, the widow of Nain. And we're going to see, you know, what attitude Jesus took with her. But as I read it, and this will make sense as we get to the, to the end of my message, I want, I prefer the title, Not Today, Satan. Not Today. And I bought the t-shirt. You see this? Not Today, Satan. Not Today. And you will understand and it will make sense because that is our Jesus. He comes and he gets into relationship with somebody and because his attitude is, Not Today, Satan. Not Today. The widow of Nain. So why don't we just pray and, and just be open to what God has to speak to you today. God, we thank you for your word that is alive and active. God, it is a word that we open daily and you, if we are listening and you are speaking to us. God, I pray that your word as we look at this relationship that you had with this, this woman, God, that we will take it and we will be challenged in our own walk with you. God, we will see that you love us and you care for us and you speak into our life and your word to us or to the enemy is not today, Satan, not today. And I pray that we will take that attitude in our relation with the world that they may know Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Let me, I'm just going to situate myself a little bit here. Okay, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yes. All right. So I wonder if I need my glasses. I'll put them on. <laughs> okay, so just to kind of, I don't need them yet. I just want to set this up for you. Um, Jesus is new, has just kind of come on the scene. He has been baptized, he has been teaching, and he has healed some people. So... So here he is. So everybody um, wants to follow Jesus because wherever he is at, they're seeing miracles happen. So right before he heads into Nain, Jesus heals a centurion's 
slave. And a centurion was just an army uh, commander. Uh, but this slave was very dear to him. And so he went, he heard Jesus, he sent word, Jesus, our master wants you to come into our house and to heal this slave. And so Jesus like, okay, I'm coming. And he was going. But then halfway there, the centurion sent word, said, Jesus, don't come <laughs> because you can't even be in my house. I'm not worthy of you being in my house. And Jesus was just amazed at this centurion. He said, just say the word, Jesus. You don't even have to come. Just say that my servant is healed and he will be healed. And Jesus like, wow, this faith of this man. I've never, I've never seen this example. He, this is the kind of faith you need to have. And he was talking to all his disciples and all those that were following and they, the word is that little bit when they, uh, these friends got back to their house, the slave was walking around. He was good. And they asked, well, when did he get healed? And they timed it, and it was the exact time that Jesus spoke that healing. So there was buzz going on around Jesus. And so I wanted to paint that picture so you can know and see the picture of of what is happening right here. So I'm going to pick it up again. If you have my Bibles... Your Bibles, not my Bibles. You don't have my Bibles. <laughs> you have your Bibles. But if you have your Bible, why don't you, you can turn with me to uh, Luke chapter 7. And I'm just going to input this. It's not in my notes or anything. But I think using the Bible, because I use my electronic Bible, you know, you know, also. But using Bible, the book, is I think has become a lost art. I don't see that that much. So, you know, to let you know, that is something we're implementing in kids. We've got their Bibles out, and they're looking through it. We're trying to teach them what it is made out of, you know, the word and the, you know, how it's divided. And it's, it's a learning experience. So, Mom and Dad, if your kids don't have a Bible, buy them one. Sit with them. Show them how to use it because the word tells us to be stewards, to be good stewards of the word, to be students, to know the word. And I personally believe that in order to do that, you need to be able to hold it. You need to be able to look through it. You need to be able to just study it in hand. My personal opinion. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, so here we go. So now Jesus, this is going to be good. Okay, so I'm reading again chapter, Luke chapter 7, verse 11. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her... I'm going to just stop right there. So here we are. We have this picture. And how many of you have seen Pride and Prejudice, the new version? Was, was it Krista Knight, Knightley? Kira. Kira, sorry. Yeah. And Mr. Darcy. Yeah? Anybody? Really good. Woo, yeah. That's, that's become our favorite. It's our go-to. Um, and so there is this scene in the movie where they are at a dance, at a party. And the room is filled with people. And then they finally dance out of, you know, she can't believe she's dancing with this guy who she thought she was going to loathe for all eternity. But here she is. She's out dancing with him. And they're dancing. And then all of a sudden, it just becomes the two of them. They have 
the rest of the, the room has kind of disappeared, and it's just them too. That's kind of the picture of what I see right here. We've got Jesus. It's, I don't even know. He had no reason to go to Nain. He, it just said, soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain. So being Jesus, he knew what was there. He knew what was happening for no other reason than to go to see that widow, to do a work for her. So Jesus got up that morning. That's why I wore this shirt because you're going to see in a little bit. I, I have a little clip for you. And I just see Jesus. He has attitude. He says, I'm on mission because my father told me that this woman over here needed my help. And so here comes Jesus. He has his crowd and the disciples because they're like, oh, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? And in that, during that, uh, the culture was that if somebody died in the family, that all the family would, would travel, would mourn. They would walk through the town. So here this woman, she, she has her own crowd. She has her family. She has all the neighbors. And then they have mourners, professional mourners, who know that all their job is to do is to cry with you. So we've got this group of just criers and wailers, and they're mourning. And the woman, this is her son, and she's heavy with, with just sadness. And so we've got the woman coming out with her crowd, Jesus coming out with his crowd, and then he sees the woman's uh, son. or we assume, He knows it's the woman's son because it's, it's a dead body. And in all this commotion, in all the noise, in all the people, I love this because he says, when the Lord saw her, my first point I want you to see is Jesus sees. Nobody else stopped to comfort this woman. Nobody else, you know, we don't know. I mean, I just go by the word, but we know that they are with her and she is hurting and she is sad but in this, Jesus sees her. And, you know, um, Jesus, as we look through scriptures, he sees people constantly. He sees Zacchaeus in Luke 19, verse 1 and 10. He sees the Samaritan woman, John 4, verse 4, 26. Jesus sees the adulterous woman, John 8, 1 through 11. Jesus sees a demon-possessed man in Luke 8, 26 to 39. Jesus sees a crippled woman, Luke 13, 10 to 17. And we, the list goes on and on. But nobody stopped to help them. Nobody stopped to comfort them. They just, they just stood by them, but Jesus saw her. Jesus sees us when we're hurting. Jesus sees us when nobody else sees it. How many of you have ever felt like nobody sees me? I'm alone. You ever felt that way? I love this because Jesus, he went to a town called Nain. He knew this woman would be in her hurt. He knew this woman would be in her pain. And he went to her. He says, I see you in this crowd of chaos. I see you. I see your pain. And we that follow Jesus, I want to ask you that question. Who do you see today? Who do you see in your world that is hurting? 
Who do you see at work, at, at home, in your neighborhood? Maybe you are the only Jesus that is in your family. Maybe you are the one to be able to say, hey, Jesus sees you. I see you. I want to give you hope today. And then he goes on and it says, his heart went out to her. So Jesus feels. He feels her hopelessness and her overwhelm. Here this woman is a widow. So we know she doesn't have a husband. The only son. So we only know she has one son. And we know the, you know, the scripture says uh, this was her only son in the Greek that inform, we get the interpretation that he was at least, you know, 40, maybe a little younger. So because of his age, we know that this woman couldn't, you know, even if she remarried, she couldn't have any children. So, um, you know, she, the children were to take care of the widow. And now she's without, she doesn't have a husband. She doesn't have a, a son to take care of her, any kids. She is on her own. And that over, I could just sense that overwhelm of what am I going to do now? I am a woman. I, I, you know, they make, they made provision uh, in the law that if a woman needed, was a widow and she didn't have any means, she can come behind those that harvest the wheat and she could pick up the leftovers or if she wants to wait like three years, every three years, we're going to give you a tithe offering, and then you live off that. I don't know what, how much that was. <laughs> but here this woman, what am I going to do? I am alone. I have no way to support myself. But Jesus felt that. And he says, I'm going to give you something. Ooh, it's going to get good. I'm going to give you something that's going to solve your problems. I'm going to give you something that you don't expect but I'm going to bring you hope because he felt for her. You know, these mourners and this procession lasted for 30 days. Can you imagine 30 days having these people crying <laughs> and not giving you hope? That would just bring you down, right? Oh, yeah. After 30 days, you kind of believe that, oh, my life is going nowhere. It's hopeless. What am I going to do? I'm not going to survive. But Jesus feels for her. Um, so uh, my question is to, to you is, what do your words offer others? Jesus wanted to offer her hope. Oh, wait. I got past myself there. So do you see others with compassion? That is my question to you. I had a, um, my uh, hairdresser, I don't know, what, is that what you call the, them? I don't know what you would, the professional name, beautician, that's what we used to call them, hairdresser. But the girl that cuts my hair, there you go, um, we, as, as she was doing my hair, she was telling me that her mom was going in for open heart surgery. And at that moment, my heart kind of is like, oh, I should pray for her. And I, she just, you know, she, she started crying a bit. And I, but it was, you know, I felt awkward. We were in a hair salon place. And so I'm like, God, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to just right here pray for her? Because this was all new to me. And I've never done that before. This was years ago. And so I, I walked out of the place and all the way home, driving all the way home, I could hear God's spirit. You should pray with her. You should have prayed with her. I need, you should have prayed with her. And so I got home and guess what I did? I called her up. 
And I said, okay, God, I said, I'm going to do it. And so I, I called her. I said, you know, this, this is really weird, I know. <laughs> but if you are open for me to pray with you for your mom, I would like to do that. And she goes, sure. And I thought, boy, I should have did this earlier. You know, what was I so afraid of? And so I prayed with her over the phone. I said, and uh, her mom lived another 10 years. I know, right? Um, but, you know, sometimes God does move on us with compassion. Who do you have compassion over? Does somebody in your home? Do you, how about, you know, the person that is at your work that ha is heavy laden or burdened? Do you, does your heart move with compassion for those around us? How about, <laughs> I was thinking this morning, how about those, the people at the Dutch Brothers who take our order, jump up on the counter, and you're saying, just get out of my space, please, okay? But to move with compassion for people that might just maybe, you know, you don't have as much patience with or you don't want to bother with. Maybe you're not in the mood. But the Spirit of God challenges to move with compassion for those around us. So Jesus went to her. He sees her. His heart went out to her. And then he said, don't cry. So this third point that I want to just share with you, is says, Jesus speaks. Jesus offers her comfort and support with his words. The mourners only brought attention to her situation. They didn't give her any words of encouragement. They didn't say, oh, it's going to be okay. God is going to help you. They just brought attention to her, her predicament. But Jesus says, don't cry. He offered her words of encouragement. So those around you, do you offer them words of encouragement? What do your words offer? What do my words offer those that are hurting, those that are less, you know, maybe going through a tough time? Do you offer words of encouragement? I had a um, co-worker who was uh, going in because uh, they had found uh, spots on her skin and, and they thought well let's test it to see you know if it's cancerous and so now she was worried and I can remember we were we were talking to each other and so I got up to leave and this this co-worker she was like if I stepped into the door you know the into the church it would collapse that was her that was her philosophy and it's like you know what I want to pray for you if you will let me and she says, yes, please. And we prayed, and she came back, and it's like, oh, it's nothing. They're just going to keep, you know, tabs on it. And, but I thought, oh, no, it's Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to claim that because we prayed for you, and it was nothing. And that was the word, you know, of encouragement. When you can pray for somebody, you can offer strength through your words. And so then we will go down to verse 14. And this is great. So he sees her. The Lord saw her. His heart went out to her. And he said, don't cry. Then he went up and touched the coffin. And those carrying it stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. This is crazy. So here we have Jesus. He saw this woman 
need. He felt her pain, and he says, don't cry. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to do something for you that you don't expect. And Jesus, even just by law, um, the Mosaic law is that you don't touch a dead body. Because once you touched it, you have to stay out of the temple for seven days. So even the priests, they were careful not to touch not to touch anything that would make them unclean because they knew they had to be in God's house. And this was Jesus. But I love it because he said, it's like, I don't care. I don't care what the law is. I see this woman and I want to give her hope. I want to restore her. So he went and he touched this dead body and he, the life came back and gave, he gave her back to the mom. So it is a, a great story of Jesus meeting that need. So, um, so what actions do are we taking to, to say to stop the tears? You know, sometimes we just get so busy in, in life and what we're doing that we, we don't reach out and we don't try to help people to stop the tears. You know, I'm reminded of the, the, the example in the Bible of the friends who had a crippled friend. And the four friends wanted to take him to Jesus, and they knew that this Jesus could heal their friend. And they got to the place, and it was so crowded that they, they didn't let that stop them. They said, no, because my friend needs me. You know, sometimes those, that are, those friends, acquaintances, people we know, are hurting, and they cannot help themselves. They are so crippled with pain. They are so crippled with hopelessness that they need us to come up beside them and say, you know what? My Jesus sees you, and he feels your pain, and he wants to give you hope, and he wants to restore you. So these friends said, this is what they said. They said, not today, Satan. Not today. And they found a way to get this friend to see Jesus. They, the Bible tells us that they got on top of the roof. They began, <laughs> I want to know what that looked like, right? They began to rip the roof off of this house. And they lowered the friend to Jesus. Because they said, no, he can't do it for himself. But we will help him. So, so Jesus heals that heals that man and he says take up your bed and just go you're you're healed and so jesus restored that that paralyzed crippled man jesus restored life to this woman jesus restored hope to her and the people looked the bible says that the people looked and they were amazed let me um let's just i'm going to read that last verse there says, when they were all, the people, they were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us. They said, God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. So Jesus had purpose. He saw, he went to a place, he saw her, he gave her words uh, he felt for her his words encouraged her and he restored hope to her that is the Jesus that I know and so I, I have something I want to show you 
And I, and my title, not today, Satan, not today, will make sense because Jesus came with a purpose. He came on mission, not just because that's, you know, not just for his own benefit, but for our benefit. So I just want to share this video with you. That is my Jesus. Amen. That is my Jesus. And today, this could be, maybe this is your story. Maybe you're saying, hey, nobody sees me. I am hurting. I am without hope. Jesus has come to give you this life. 
He has come to restore life to you and restore hope to you today. This is my Jesus. And he loves you. If there's nothing else that you hear today, that you could see that this story, the woman of Nain, is our story. Death came to destroy our life. Death came to take away our hope. Death came to just give us nothing. But then Jesus, that's all I got to have to say. Then Jesus, and that's why I say, he said, no, not today, Satan. Not today. You are not going to take this life because I have come to restore hope to this world. I have come to restore life to this world. And it is in me that we, the dead, are made to live. Amen? Amen. Amen. So why don't you just stand with me? And if you're here today, and maybe you don't know Jesus like this. Maybe you know Jesus, that he is the son of God. But know that he has life for you. Jesus. Jesus. Amen. I don't know what to do here. Yes, I do. I want you just to take your hands with me. And maybe, maybe you don't know Jesus. It's as simple as just, just saying, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to give you my life. I want to, you to restore me. Do you see me? Is there hope for me? And he says, yes. He says, yes. Maybe there's some of you here that have maybe walked away from God. Maybe you say, Jesus, I know you, but we're not tight. <laughs> he wants to be tight with you. He has life for you. So just with your raised hand, you just speak to him right now. You in your own words, just speak to him. He is there. He sees you. He sees you. He feels for you. He offers you truth today. He says, I want to give you life. I want to give you hope. I want to have you live the best life ever. The life I intended for you to have. And then watch out because it's going to be good. God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that we can look at this woman's life. And you knew her. You saw her. And you said, no, devil, not today. Not today. This is not the plan of my father. I have come that they may have life. And that's what he gave on that morning or that afternoon, whatever it was. God, we thank you. Jesus. It's in Jesus' name that we have life. In Jesus' name that you can have the best life, the intended life that God designed for you to have. God, we thank you. We worship you. We praise your name in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.